0: And we're back with the If You Build a Podcast. I'm Riad Ali. I'm Will Ellis. And again, this
1: podcast that I love, we're on episode 11. If you remember the name, If You Build It, <laughs> the greatest podcast on earth, available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify, it celebrates entrepreneurs and the journey it takes to have an idea, the struggle to success. I am very honored. I've known Dan Baker for many, many years play ball together and I used to frustrate him because I was so good at basketball for a fat so huh,
0: Before we go into anything, was he actually good in basketball? That's a lie. There you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. Anyways, Dan Baker, although oh, he's better at basketball than he is at squash. <laughs> <I tire laughs> that.
1: Well, come on now. Squash? I, I beat him at squash. I beat you at squash. Only the
0: first two games. I, I beat you question. at squash a couple times. A couple times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, that, I, if I beat you more than once, I, I did beat you. Thank you. We should play again. It's been a few years. I'm old and
2: broken now. Well, you should play as you, we should, you know get together. I now have stage four osteoarthritis in my hips. So I'm... I I'm, have stage three in
0: both knees. PRP shot. I, t- I tore my hip last year. Couldn't touch my toe. PRP shot. Healed everything.
1: What um, is a PRP shot? Yeah, we'll we'll is, talk about anyway. No, no. You might as well go. Uh, Dan Baker, owner of Profit by Intention. PRP shot. Go.
0: So I tore my hip. So I had a hip impingement, and, and moved and then I tore my labrum. I went to every doctor, everything out there. Nothing healed me. And then I went to this one surgeon downtown. He said, do a PRP shot. They take blood from your arm. They put it in a machine. They spin it very fast, uh, maybe about five or 10 minutes. It enriches the plasmas in it. They inject it into your problem. If you have arthritis, tears, and it regrows back the tissue. Interesting. I'll send you the link after. Send me the link.
1: (laughs) It it will heal you, apparently. Uh, So Dan owns a very successful financial planning business from taxes to financial planning to whatever investments, he's your guy. And so tell us about your business and, you know, sort of the idea behind it and, you know, and all that. Well,
2: it's funny that your podcast is called the, if you build it podcast, because that's pretty much what we've done over the last 15 years. So we're in iteration number four now. So we started (laughs) out just as a, I'm a certified financial planner by designation. So we started out as a financial planning company And then in 2007, I figured, well, if I'm going to do financial planning, we should probably know something about taxes. So I took a tax course. And of course, the H&R blocks of the world try to recruit you to do taxes for them. So I worked for them for a summer because I just wanted to get some experience, right? And so we started building that in and it just exploded on us. So we started doing it for friends and family and then 30 clients went to 60 clients and we were almost doubling every year because we ran some promotions. And then all of a sudden the tax business was almost as big as what we were doing from a financial planning standpoint. So as the years went by, it got very difficult though because we I always felt like we were running two separate businesses but trying to bring them together. And I was trying to find this piece. That would be able to just join the two of them in a nice strategic way. And I was on the treadmill one time at the gym, and I was reading uh, the Prophet First book and by who that by Mike Michalowicz. And that clicked. that was that was the missing piece that allowed us to add the consulting piece to everything else that we did. So we rebranded, we put it all together to the point where now I like to say we sort of have a small business specialty firm. So we do everything from the bookkeeping, to corporate tax, to wealth management, to profit first advisory, all for the small business owner under one umbrella.
1: Amazing, amazing. And what what do you think as a, you know, your business owner, but other business owners, what is their biggest struggle when it comes to money? Debt. Debt, like business debt, Personal debt. Yeah, both And both? a lot
2: of business owners, one of the biggest problems they do is they jump in too quickly with what they think is a good idea without knowing whether or not it's going to work. Right. Right. Because what, I mean, what I found is you'll have a somebody who's a, an electrician does really, really well for himself, starts out his own business because he doesn't want to work for somebody else. He's a great electrician. He's not a business owner. Right. Right. And that is where we come in to bridge the gap. Right. We basically like, our business starts bookkeeping and taxes to me are the base foundation that you have to have in the business is the advisory portion on top of that. That is really what our clients are looking for.
0: So before you uh, start this business, what did you do before this? Work in the banks or?
2: Oh, this is a great story. So <laughs> I, came, I came out of university and I didn't know what I wanted to do. What
0: university?
2: University of Windsor. Yeah, it was greatest fantastic. university, most bars, in the greatest city. It was the most bars per capita, I think, at <laughs> the time true. for it. Was, it was fantastic. So I came out <laughs> and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I saw an ad in the Oshawa this week back in the old classified section. That's right. It was from London Life. They were looking for people to do financial planning stuff. And so I went out there, got this spiel from a wonderful gentleman who was great at sales because he had me hooked. And the best thing he ever told me is he goes, You can write your own check. What he forgot to tell me was that there was no ink in the pen. Right. (laughs) Right. So I spent five years doing that and it was actually pretty good. It was a good part-time job because we were young at the time. So, I mean, we would make some money and then spend it, it, make some money and spend it. And I hated the whole commission sales process. Like they would put your name up on the wall every week so everybody could see (laughs) what you were doing. It just, it sucked. And then I went to a major bank. I worked there for five years and we thought we had- said everything to the mutual fund compliance people because I was running my tax business at the time that I was at the bank and they were purulating files to me and it was it was fantastic. And then finally, <laughs> apparently they didn't have our disclosure form. So they came in and they gave me a choice. I could either stay at the bank and cease my tax business or I had to leave the bank. Right. Right. And if you're doing financial planning at the bank, make more in a quarter on your own than what the bank actually pays you. So I left and it took me about. Five minutes to make the decision, right? And then I just started out on my own, and I worked at no frills, stocking shelves at midnight with my dad after he retired for a couple of years while I was building the business.
1: Wow! Oh, wow. yeah, really? Yeah, I know you back then?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't do this. Yeah, I used to work eleven till seven in the morning. I'd sleep for a couple hours and then get up and build Beautiful the business. Job. Yeah, and I loved it because it was one of the few jobs you didn't have to think. Right. It's Put true. Put my headphones in, help myself to a chocolate bar every now and then. <laughs> What chocolate bar? I'm a o. Henry kind of guy. Oh, I
1: love o. Henry. That's my number one. I think on that was true, yeah. I go back and forth. Yeah. My number one, I, I, I thought it would be O Henry. I just wanted to hear you say yeah, it. Yeah,
2: definitely o. Henry.
1: Very interesting, interesting stuff. Now let's talk about coming out of COVID. Mm-hmm. We, we saw a lot of businesses take out these weird, uh, these loans right. through the government. Now being told they have to pay it back, I guess you pay back a certain percentage. Um, how does a business manage that? And how are businesses trying to sort of hedge the economy? Like, well, what should they do to hedge the economy going into 2024?
2: Well, for the loans, they, I mean, that's, that program's turned into a disaster because most, so we deal with probably 80 small corporations on a, on a monthly basis. And out of them, maybe probably 80% of them won't have the funds to pay that loan back. Right. Because they took the money out during COVID when they needed it now you're coming back out they're starting to get back to pre covid revenues but that's just covering the rest of their costs right right trying to put away an extra couple thousand dollars a month to set aside for this loan just isn't in the cards while they're trying to keep up with their HST payments their corporate tax payments their payroll payments because our wonderful government keeps raising the CPP contribution level so their payroll goes through it's uh it's challenging for right. sure so people are getting creative they're to using home equity lines of credit to pay it off they're Doing whatever they can to try to save the, the $20,000. And if they can't, it just turns into a loan.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And what, so what are you seeing? Like, what are you advising your clients for 2024? Like, how can they, you know, start to save or, uh, to- you know, So we business. have a system
2: that we run with most of our clients. So it's automatic. Yes. Like they, we, we set up multiple bank accounts within the business. So their HST gets set aside. So it's always ready to be paid. We have an account set up for their profits. So that gets paid. Their owner's pay goes into a separate account. So they know that's getting paid. And then we work on running the business off of what's left. Right. So very few of our clients, once they've been working with us for a long time, don't have money. Right. Right. Now, the new clients, they come on board. It's an eye opener for them. Right. Because they're used to taking the HST in the account. They're spending it. Then we tell them that, their that's HST.
0: It's going to be me very Uh-oh. soon. Yeah. yeah. We tell them their HST
2: <laughs> payment. And then they're like, wow, I just spent that on my new car. Right. So it takes a while to break those old habits. Right. But once we do, the system basically runs itself.
1: And how can someone break that habit, though? Is, it, is it, it's, hard. It's, for, it's, it's hard for some people. Up. Some
2: people won't. All oh, right. Okay. Some people won't. I mean, we have some clients that, you just shake your head and just you just try to help them as much as you can, but you know that they just will never get it. And you and again, if someone miss, misses an hc payment,
1: they get charged interest. Yeah, charged a, interest. Not a, it's not a criminal yeah, I mean, if we file
2: their return for them, so we know that they never know, get you late thought, filing you found penalties. My,
1: I know one of those. I'm one of those people yeah. that does not that doesn't learn. I, I I'm i hearing my I'm hearing you yell at me every year, but yeah. See, we we
2: filed everything because I hate paying the government filing penalties. Yes. But if you don't have the money to pay it they just charge their interest rate and off you go.
0: Right. Interesting. So if I'm a new entrepreneur starting up a business, what are three or four things you recommend that I do?
2: Get an HST number. I hate that people wait till they get to 30,000 because think of it this way. I get this question probably 10 times a month. Think of it this way. You come to my house, right? And I hire you to install a toilet. You're a brand new plumber. If you come to my house and you give me an invoice and there's no HST number on it, the first thing I do is make an assumption. I'm going to think either you're brand new in the business, in which case do I really want to hire you to do a job in my house, or you've been in business for a while and you've never made $30,000 because a lot of people know that rule, true, right? So I always tell people, get your HST number right off the bat. You could be in the business for a day or 10 years and nobody will know the difference. Right? Plus you make money on HST because you're paying HST on a lot of your supplies, right? So you get to save that that money when you remit your HST return.
1: Actually, that, that is really good advice.
2: Well, that's try. actually a very good advice. We try. That's, that's, okay. that's What's your next tip? I'm taking some notes. Next tip is to start slow, right? Too many people start a business and then go out and buy everything that they're ever going to need. Right. right. I had a client once, no longer in business. He set up a website, paid $40,000 for a website, had beautiful pictures. Everything was wonderful on it. Then decided he wanted to create a course, right? So we spent $10,000 building this course. The day the course went to launch, he had three people buy it right? As opposed to doing things the way I do it, I would sell the course, then figure out how to make it. Right. Because if nobody buys your course, why spend the money in trying to, to build it? So what you do is you build the course, you release a section at a time, right? You build section one, you release it. They work on it while they're doing that, you're building section two, right? right? And then you iterate every time <laughs> you rebuild it. So if you're starting a new plumbing business, don't go out and buy five trucks right away. Don't go out and buy the machinery. If you need a specialized piece of equipment, rent it. Right. Right. Keep your overhead as low as you possibly can.
1: For how long? Is there a time period
2: or- Until your bank accounts tell you. See, the way we set it up is if you came to me and said, Dan, listen, I need to buy, I deal with a lot of gym owners. So if he says, listen, I need to buy new equipment. Well, we open up a bank account and we start saving for that equipment now before he's going to need to buy new equipment. Interesting. Then, when the time comes, they've got the money to buy it.
1: Hmm, interesting. Actually, okay. Any other tips?
2: Those are the two main ones, and, and stay out of debt as much as possible. That's, how, that, that's a killer, right? Right. Like we we will review a profit and loss statement with a client, and we'll say you're you had a seven thousand dollar profit this this month, but what's not on there is all your debt payments as a balance sheet item. So right. they see net profit on their profit and loss, but they have no money, right? But right? when you're hearing in the news. And, you know, being us being in real estate and you, I
1: mean, you know, real estate pretty well as well. The amount of debt that Canadians are carrying, Mm -hmm. you know, what is the reason why? Is it it because of cost of living? Is it because people are bad at spending? There's no real estate. There's no money education out there. I think it's
2: ego. Oh, ego. Oh, everybody wants to have everything today. Think of it this way. When you were a kid, only my rich friends had hot tubs. Now everybody on my court has a hot tub. You have a hot tub. I have a hot tub.
0: <laughs> That's what I mean.
2: Every like pretty much everybody on my court has a hot tub. Right? right. Okay. Can everybody afford it? I don't know. I actually I don't know their all their financial situations, but it seems like everybody has they one. They are costly uh, to they run. They have ATVs. Yeah. Everybody has two cars, right? Like yes. people are and it's hard. I just had to get over it during COVID. Yes, you
1: I mean, you made a change. I made a change. This guy used to drive the most beautiful cars. And then he told me, I'm not knocking Kia. <laughs> I'm not knocking Kia at all. But it's in my brain because you told me something like, you're yeah. you're, you're in drugs. Or and it was an ego trip. Sniffing, you have to get gas. over it. He's driving like a Kia, like Carnival. Great car. Yeah. Best drove it. What were
2: you we driving before? I got asked. had a BMW 530. <sighs> I was all Classic. done yeah. up, but I was paying $1,000 a month lease payment for it to sit in the driveway. Me and my wife worked together. We both worked from home. At one point, I did the math. I'd paid $21,000 in lease payments, and we only had 19,000 kilometers on the car. So I bought wow. it brand new. Oh, wow. Right? So at the end of the day, that's a stupid financial decision only because I wanted to be seen driving something nice. And I thought other people cared. Nobody cares. I learned that during COVID. Nobody cares. Sure. Right. People care about their own situation. They don't care about you. So how do people get over themselves to get their money in line? It's hard. It's hard. Usually they have to hit a breaking point before they'll really make material change. Which is what? Like, what's the breaking like? Bankruptcy? Uh, no. Like, I've seen clients that owe the government eighty, ninety thousand dollars <laughs> $90,000, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and they don't care until their bank account gets frozen. Wow. Right? And then that's the breaking point where they need to start. Because it's all fun and games until Canada Revenue makes you pay. Right. Right? And then they're like, I didn't know they could do that. Canada Revenue, do whatever they want. Exactly. Interesting. Right?
1: So then, like, how... <laughs> Do you believe that our education system should educate people on money management? Sure. Financial planning. They won't
2: because too many people make money off of it. Another great story. I got myself in trouble when I went to university. Every time I went to campus, I was starving because I was usually hung over from the night before. Mm. And every time I went to campus, they would have a table set up with cereal boxes and all this other stuff. And if you applied for a credit card, they would give you whatever they were giving away that day. (laughs) I had like six credit cards in university without a job. Right. 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 And so I racked it. I had a beautiful diamond pinky ring. Like I, I racked up all kinds of stuff, right? A pinky, and, it's a, and, pinky it, and it's really funny because I ended up, the reason I got into this type of a business and I can relate to people is because I was a disaster. Like I had, I had phone calls coming from like TD Bank. And it's funny now because I think my overall entire debt that I owed was like 1500 bucks, but I didn't pay them. Right, so I wasn't paying them, wasn't paying them, wasn't paying them. Finally, I must have been, it must have been too early in the morning because I answered the phone and the guy got me on the phone. He's like, "Don't hang up, I'm trying to help you." And so he worked through this whole proposal thing with me, and it was great, except for the fact that I had an R9 on my credit rating, which then stayed there. So it wasn't bankruptcy, but it stayed on there for like seven years. Well, a lot happens in seven years, yes, right? Like to this day, I am still the only guy I know that got declined for a brick card. Like who gets declined for a brick card? I'm like, I tell my girlfriend at the time, I'm going down to the brick to buy the TV. She's like, Are you sure? I'm like, Freaking brick man! Who doesn't get applied for a brick card? I'll pay in 12 months. Right. Had to make the phone call. I was like, Yeah, I totally got declined. Can you come down here? Wow. Yeah, because a lot happened in 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 seven years, right? And it's it's bloody embarrassing when you then start making money and you still can't get anything because that thing's on your record. So, I mean. Credit is an important thing now that people should know a lot more about, right. and not dive into debt. But they won't teach it because all these big banks and everything make so much money off of it, right? That's why I laugh when they sit there and they're like, "Well, there's debt. There's debt. We got to raise interest rates because of inflation. It's their own doing." Yeah, hundred percent. The government's own doing, right? My wife at one time had a twenty thousand dollar credit card. She only made thirty thousand at her job. Luckily, she's good with money and she never had a balance. Right. But so she right? had no debt when you guys met. She was financially sound. She had no debt. She, My wife, she's fantastic with it. She's fantastic. Stuff. I like spending money. She likes saving money. So it's a good yin and yang. Interesting.
1: You see, Same yeah. in the business. Right. I do
2: all of this stuff. Right. She keeps everything organized. And then we right. have other team members that do. Have you ever functions. rejected any potential clients? All the time. Why? So I don't deal with engineers because our personalities do not match. Wow. Oh. Did it a couple of times. <laughs> no, but knows this, we right? like, no, Never no, no. Yeah, doing it again. I'm also, out. I'm also very blunt. So yes. if I don't think that their personality is what? can hold it, what's your background, what's your, where
1: are your parents from? What's your background? Oh, Germany. Thank you. That's yeah, why I'm so blunt.
2: I, I am very blunt. Like I, I told a, f- a friend of mine once, like, Her T four from her business. She she was running a relatively large business, but her T four was nineteen thousand dollars. And I said, you know, you can stop getting gray hair and just work at Walmart and say hello to people as they come in and make more money. So why are you running a business? Right, right, because that's that's another major small business owner problem. They fall in love with owning a business, but they're not actually making any money from it. So why keep going? Why do you keep going down that path? Right, right. So we say no. We say no quite a bit. Right.
1: So I, like, I have so many questions.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, where do we start? I mean, at the, at the beginning, we didn't. We right. pretty well. But How now you, I, you became a client. Get out of here. You, well, you, you we'll say, well, I,
1: I am a train wreck, but I, you but, but I cutting into get I, I had a bad accountant before you. I know. And, and I, what did I, you say to me? This is the first time I haven't been audited. Yeah. Like I was audited for, true story. I had a really garbage accountant. Garbage. And I'm, this is my lesson to you guys. We're look, look, looking eye to eye. Hire someone that is actually qualified to do your taxes. I was audited. The government was chasing after me for five straight years. 09 to 2014 or 15 or 16. Anyways, a long time. And audited for five years straight. I owed the government tens of thousands of dollars. I went to hire a big big accounting firm. Rejected. They said, we will not help you. It was June 14th. Tax filing is June 15th for businesses. I go, Dan. I know we're friends. I'm in a bind. The government is trying to take me on and I'm going to lose. He's like, well, I got you. And I don't know what he did. They ended up owing me money. True story. I had somehow overpaid and a whole mess. He cleaned it up in like a week and I'm ever in his debt. So if you want to work with someone, work with someone that knows what they're doing, that knows how you work, as well, because I work very differently than everyone works differently, I guess. Um, But what it, uh, understand what it takes to get
2: the job done right. And the worst part is you're so nice, though, about it. It's like, <laughs> Will, you yeah. got to get these receipts in. Uh, the receipt. Oh, thing. I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to do it this year. Will, how's that receipt thing coming along? <laughs> Don't worry. And he gets a big smile. It's okay. Hey. last
1: year I, I did an Excel spreadsheet. You did. You did. And it was... The categories are kind of weird, but the, the, there are categories that got it into like June first, which are very rare. You very wait June fifteenth or June 14th. Get it to you but I'm I'm learning this year. It might be May twenty eighth, but you know every year I'm get getting better. better. Yeah, I'm getting better, hundred percent better. But as but business owners, right? Who you work with, um, large and small. What's the common like thing that you're seeing from them in terms of money,
2: do's and don'ts. Common theme of money do's and don'ts. The first thing is you have to get organized, right? Our separate bank account system helps them compartmentalize what the money is supposed to be used for. I need that. Right? Like a lot of our business owners, one of their biggest problems is they get paid, well, realtors, right? You get paid a big chunk of money. Well, included in that money is your HST, your payroll tax. If you're taking a payroll, you're going to have all these other expenses that are going to come out of that. Right. But when you see that money in your account, there are some people who are not great with money and they're like, oh, I've always wanted that new hot tub or ATV. (laughs) And they go and buy it without thinking that, oh, my God, $10,000 of that was HST that I now have to pay the government. Right. Right. So compartmentalizing and getting your HST out of that account first and then making do with what's left is probably the number one. That's the first thing we implement with every new business owner. Right. Let's get that separate account set up. Right, right. and then the second one is to get out of debt as fast as you can we set up different ways to pay down debt like we'll use the HST tax credit that they get back to because we put the full amount of HST aside right. so then when they file their HST there's usually an amount yes. that they don't have to pay we'll take that to apply to other debt and start paying that down in a, in a, in a little bit faster How way. what is
1: education like when when it comes to talking to clients like education is the main thing that we do right. Like how many hours you- you Because that was the number one
2: thing I know is is, is the biggest surprise that I had when I started business. Because I thought that all these business owners that are making good money knew more than me about all this stuff. And most of them know nothing. Like nothing. Right. I had a guy, he came to me, he'd incorporated, but he kept running the business just like his sole proprietorship. So he just took the money out without paying any payroll. He ended up owing like $70,000 in payroll tax because he didn't know. Right. Here's a guy that made a lot of money but had no idea how it works. Right. So educating the client as to how to properly manage the finances is a lot of what we do. What you do. A lot of what we you do. You run seminars? No. I thought you did
1: run seminars. Not for you. You <laughs> asked me to do one. That was like <laughs> the first
2: time I ever put one well, together.
1: Then maybe we should do
2: one. Yeah, maybe we should no, do I one for, sure. you know, business owners and stuff. I do the odd one here and there. Somebody asks. Right. Like sometimes they want me to do stuff for, if they have like, I do with gym owners if they have their personal training staff that are self-employed contractors. We'll, right, we'll do a Zoom call with them all to
0: do it for prex. Yes, yeah. You have a
2: couple. You a couple realtor
0: clients,
1: yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the, my biggest thing. I'm now incorporated is <laughs> exactly that. Just you know, understanding that you got to manage the money a bit better in your you within to. your corporation
2: because so it's, uh, it's it's not you anymore. Exactly, it's a corporation. Right? That's and a tough. People have a very hard time with that. Yes. Do you read books or anything like that? Read lots.
0: What's your top three? Uh, business books. Or, or books in general. in general. Do you like Daniel Steel? Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> No, right now
2: I'm reading Stuart
0: Woods, the Stone
2: Barrington series. What is that? It's a, like a John Grisham type novel, but it's a character. And what I like is his books all carry on. So I've actually bought like in the last two months, I've gone through like 17 books and I, i've bought them on my little e-reader from number, number one now i'm on number 17 and there's like 58 wow. i read a lot okay. okay so so what are some good books tim grover's book is my favorite relentless from good to great unstoppable what are you watching right now Christmas movies. W Network. Oh, I a big oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, and I get made fun of all yeah, the time. Like, I forgot you're big. You're last big night dude. we were up in my mechanic's shop, there changing the winter tires, and right. those guys all laughed at me. I'm a W Network freak.
0: Uh, my my wife would love to hear that. Uh, yeah. I
1: loved,
2: I just watched, which was uh, okay. terrible.
1: Best Christmas movie ever, whatever, on Netflix. Brandy and um, Jason Biggs. Oh. The number one movie right now on Netflix. So, I don't watch
2: those ones. I watch it, the cheesy W. So terrible.
1: Yeah, my
0: my, I have two girls and my wife. They love to watch that. Oh. So they they'll turn it on. I I get I got comfortable and I'm out. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, I watch them all.
1: Interesting. So what? But what are you watching?
2: Like, what was your favorite show of of you know 2023? I don't watch anything new. I watch Netflix shows. I've I've probably seen Suits 17 times from start to finish. You like Suits that much? I
0: love Suits.
2: If I could if I could be somebody, I would be Harvey exactly. Specter.
0: Yeah, I, tr- I, love his- I
2: drink his scotch. I, I he's just
0: his office. I want his office.
2: Yeah, his
1: office. He's just. Yeah, I watched a show for Meghan Merkel. I did uh, before she became who she is now. But that's why I I thought she was like she made like, she had not even a big role in the show. But whenever she was on screen, I, you know, I was like, oh. I, I,
0: I actually sure. met Harvey. Didn't know he was. Uh, where where were you? Downtown, they were filming up the Chase. So I had no clue. Oh, nice. And this is before I watched Suits. And there's a guy on the street and. Uh, I'm standing next to him on a call and looking at him and I'm like, he looks kind of familiar, but not, no clue. Then I start watching the suits. I'm like, hey, that's that guy from uh, The Chase. <laughs> nice.
1: So what does a typical day look like for you being, you know, that you work from home, but what does your day look like usually? Get up at six,
2: work till eight, take the kids to school, go to the gym, have a hot tub, back to work by 1030. I work till I need to. Until I become a professional Uber driver in the <laughs> evenings.
1: <laughs> have the kids around, right? Well, and we went down to one car. I right, know. Right. And, and every day you're in that car, you're, it's like you're in a carnival. That's so right. There. That's right. So right there. Wrote, you got to be very smart. got to write with, in calligraphy there. Those stuff, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it's something
0: you're going to throw that in. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got it. Perfect. So, well, no, that's good. So, But again, your day does change like from day to day sometimes, right? I try not to. Well, how important is My
2: my work day stays the same. Right. It's more what I'm doing during that day. Like we tend to, we try to set up calls with clients as much as possible. So we'll have monthly, semi-monthly or quarterly calls with clients. So there'll be days where I'm booked on calls. So I don't get a lot of work done. We're doing meetings. Right. Right. And then there's other days where I'm just working. So so when do you read all these books? Morning and night. I read in the hot tub. That's why I got the e-reader. Right. Interesting. He's very it. Well, look at that. says, "But it's
1: e-reader. What kind of e-read- e-reader is it? I have no idea. I think it's a Kobo. A Kobo. Yeah. Interesting. But uh, my other question, how do you get your business? You're a social media. I don't You're do that.
2: You don't really do. I mean, I, I think. I, I told see- I was old the other day because all I have is Facebook.
0: Yeah. My kids call me old when I'm on Facebook. You're on the old app. That's all I have. <laughs>
2: I don't have any of that other stuff. But I've seen you on Instagram. I don't post anything. Yeah. I but- only have Instagram because I think Facebook linked to it oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah yeah. okay like if you look i think the only picture i have on there is like i think one i posted by accident when i was at the poison concert it's like <laughs> a picture of brett michaels
1: really yeah. well yeah no uh, so <laughs> your business is 100
2: percent word of mouth yeah, we do referrals referrals people like me like, say, go it's, to dan that's pretty
0: well all we do right you have an office like an actual office i space? did
2: i got rid of it after covid oh okay so now i just work from home because everybody figured out how to do online and our clients are across canada so we go from Nova Scotia, all the way to BC.
1: Interesting. So you're, it's like any money I'm reckoning in terms of online or social, hundred percent word of mouth business. That's, that's how you guys have gotten to where you are today. Are there plans for the future? Maybe to do some.
2: Depends on how much we want to expand. Right. Right. Like every time I like the way it is now, because we get a higher quality contact. Right. Like typically when somebody, refers somebody to us, they right. know the type of clients that we deal well with. Oh, that's true. And they're very similar, right? That, okay. That's, just, that, no, that's a good point, actually. Like I have a gym owner. He came on, he'd only been working with me for a month. He sent three other gym owners our way because he's a coach for other gyms. Right. So then he referred three other gym owners, right? And so then you start building up within that community, right? Right. And you start building up all these connections. And I mean, it takes a while. Like that's another tip for business owner. You have to stick it out. Right. Right, like it, it it ebbs and flows.
1: Were there any concerns for your business during COVID, or not at all? You
2: like, I thought there was, right, but it ended up not. In fact, most business owners needed us more during COVID because we did. We actually picked up a lot of business during COVID because we did things that we didn't charge for. Right, so we filed people's wage subsidies and their rent subsidies. We did them all, and we didn't charge them any extra for it. And so then we got people that would be referred over that said, well, my person didn't do any of this stuff for us. Can you do it for me? Right. Sure. Why not? All right, there's a little bit of extra work there, but
1: it
0: yeah, the works out you- in the long run, right?
1: Yeah. Interesting. So again, Dan, thanks for coming on here. Again, we're already at our time, but you're not on social. How does really. so, yeah. How does somebody get a, hold how does of a get a hold of you? So I was trying to pull that out of you before, but again, you weren't really uh, pulling in.
2: I have a website. Oh, what is it? Profitbyintention.com. Right. And they it may or may you. not be up and running. Because I keep getting these things. So I'm not technological at all. So I keep getting these stupid status the certificate things. And I have no idea what that means. So I ignore them. And then every once in a while somebody will message me and say, hey, your site's down. So what do you have a phone number? Yep. 289 688 092. And I can be reached at Dan at profitbyintention.com.
1: Yes. And also your LinkedIn as well. I don't go on that either. Yeah, Dan I'm Baker. There. I don't go
2: on it. <laughs> Profit by intention
1: on LinkedIn as well. Dan, thank you. you I, I'll say this again. Phenomenal human being. You usually dressed a lot better. Uh, but he, he, <laughs>
0: This guy has to come. Uh, the one day you wear a blazer, I know, you this, know? This guy, I, I wore a blazer because <laughs> I knew he, he usually
1: comes in like these outrage. We go for lunch, he's wearing like a, a top hat and Pro- all this stuff, you know? Problem
2: is, is you didn't prep me well enough. I did not know that you had such a wonderful environment to do these podcasts from. You know what? We are at a wonderful studio- And we have a great
1: producer in Joseph. And you know what? We have a very good setup here. Makes me very happy. People are always surprised. Yes. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Dan. Dan. And guys, thank you for supporting us. Again, we are available on YouTube and on Spotify, on an Apple podcast. So again, go out, watch our episodes. They are amazing. I'm a little biased, but whatever. And we'll see you soon. Thank you very much.
0: Take care. Thanks.